my dream was to be a good Christian and uh, to live a life that uh, my friends will see that they want to be Christians. Well, if I can go back, it was first my father that came from Japan and didn't know any English and didn't have any money. And one day he got sick and somebody brought food to him and cared for him and he was so impressed and found out that she was a Christian and she told him about Christ and Christianity. And he was so impressed and one day he received the Lord and he brought us all as Christians. So I went to church all my life. I found out that uh, I couldn't do everything that I was supposed to do and be until one day uh, a lady came from a church outside of our church and wanted to minister to the young people. I was about 12 or 13. And she told us about Jesus and that uh, we were all sinners and we need Jesus. So I told her, no, I'm not a sinner. I've come to church all my life and, I, and my daddy gave me a Bible and so I'm a good Christian. But when she told me that we're all sinners, I, I thought, no, I'm not a sinner. But after going home and praying about it, the Lord spoke to me and said, you have a lot of faults in your life. You have done this and done that and you told lies and you weren't always kind to people and you didn't love people, you didn't forgive people. And I thought, well, that's right. And one day she asked me if I would like to have Jesus come into my heart and change my heart and be a, a savior from sin and help me through this life. And I said, yes, I want that. So that's how I became a real Christian. You know, uh, when you become a Christian, there's somebody that always tries to oppose you and hates you and uh, tells lies to you, and that's Satan. And he came after me all the time, trying to discourage me and trying to say everybody else is doing that so you need to do what they're doing and so one day the Lord spoke to me and said if you're a Christian you need to read your Bible and I said well I have but I don't understand it so then I was led to a Bible college in my teens to read and study the Bible and that's how I grew in the Lord and now I am into a intercessory prayer and I have my intercessory prayer people come every Wednesday to pray for all the the uh, requests that come in on three services on Sunday that's what we do well the greatest joy in my life is to tell people about Jesus and when they receive Jesus and when they're open to that it gives me more joy than anything else in this world and, and when they receive Jesus that's the greatest joy I have. And so my heart right now and my, my desire is to see people come to Jesus and make him real in their hearts and lives. Uh, you know, his will is that none perish, but all come to repentance. And uh, like Jesus said, go you into all the world and preach the gospel. So that's my desire, is to reach people for the Lord so they may come to know him. Well, to all who don't know Jesus, he's the answer. He's the answer. 
We all have problems. Everybody has problems. But he's the answer to every problem that we have. He's the answer. And he'll bring you joy and peace and such love in your hearts that you never had before. He can change your heart and make you a new person. And he can take care of all the sins, diseases, and any problem that you might have. He's the answer. Thank you so much, Doris, for sharing. I, 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 I love how you spoke about uh, being a Christian and then understanding what that meant. But not only was your dream to be a good Christian, but you're now enjoying your dream of being that Christian or someone who believes in Jesus Christ. And now you're reaching out to more people and many people are coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Thank you so much for sharing and sharing your dream and enjoying your dream. In fact, this week we had many graduate yesterday and this entire week, but even last week with our college students and our high schoolers, you are now entering into a place where hopefully you're pursuing your dreams. And so we just wanted to say congratulations to our college graduates as well as our high school graduates. Can we just congratulate them as well as the parents, grandparents, aunties and uncles and everyone else who have uh, played a part in your lives. Today, Pastor Alex will be talking about just that right there. It's enjoying the dream. We all have dreams. We have a journey that we're on. Some of us are on uh, one path only to find out that it's not the best path. But Pastor Alex is going to bring us the Word of God in helping us to understand what it means to enjoy the dream. Would you welcome with me our former senior pastor, Pastor Alex Pacheco. Thank you. Well, good morning. Everybody thought that I... Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Let me... Um, this is my favorite part of the message, is uh, to, to introduce my wife to you. Um, so that you don't go downtown and you think I'm married to somebody else. <laughs> Honey, stand up and say hello to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, um, you think that after all the years that I've um, preached, you know, I've, uh, I've also preached in big churches in the mainland and uh, at convention where there's like 4,000 people. Um, but I'm still nervous today. So if you see the paper shaking and stuff like that, you know why. Pastor Sheldon, um, at, on Easter Sunday, uh, came to my house, and he does this every Easter Sunday. Um, he calls both uh, Bernard and I, mom and dad, as well as Heidi. And uh, they know that the family gets together on Easter Sunday. So he came, spent time with us, and then dropped the bomb and said, would you speak for me? And I said, man, you know, haven't been up at the church for a while, so I thought, yep, I better come. And you know what the first thing I, I did when I came here this morning was I, um, I look around, make sure that the chair is not broken or, um, you know, that's the pastor's job, make sure everything's good. But what I saw was um, so much more. You know, all these screens and, and uh, technology is the way um, of the day, today. Technology is used to uh, reach the younger generation. 
when we had passed batons over, um, when I uh, passed the church over to Pastor Sheldon, um, it was all part of the dream that God had given to us that we would continue to reach the lost, the young people uh, where Pastor Sheldon can really uh, speak to them. So my job all those years uh, pastoring at the church was to make sure that the church would be debt-free when I um, was to pass the baton, which we did. And then Pastor Sheldon now was able to um, uh, use the, the finances that come in for ministry. Now, some of us might think that, wow, these things cost a lot of money, but it's about ministry. Think about this, that if there was just one person that comes to know the Lord because of the way we're ministering, isn't that worth more than all the millions of dollars that we have? Yeah. And I'm so glad that his hands are not tied where he has to pay bills all the time. Yeah. And so I'm grateful that um, this, what we're seeing today, is all part of the dream. Um, he asked me um, to speak, then he didn't tell me till like one week ago what to speak on. And I was already going to talk to you about all my fishing stories and all that kind of stuff. And, and then I had to start studying because we, we know that um, what we're talking about today is about enjoying your dream. Yeah, a lot of times, um, uh, just this morning, talking to all the old old faithful servants that are here in the church when I say oh not age but they've been here for a long time serving the Lord um, I was catching a lot of things that it's not always been easy anybody agree to that your life is not always easy yeah it was never meant to be yeah there are ups and there are downs in life and so in your dreams to obtain your dreams there are ups and downs. How, how many of you heard this phrase? Lucky you live in Hawaii. Yeah. Lucky you live in the United States. You know that um, the term that we say, God bless America. America it was a great nation built on dreams by explorers and pioneers and trailblazers blazers, and inventors. Our country was built on dream takers. And I say the word was because it seems that in today's times, our country is built more on security than it is on taking risk and fulfilling dreams. And what has happened is we aren't into adventure anymore. There are no more risk-taking and all we do is we cut back, we cut back, we cut back. And our culture is losing the spirit to dream again. Look at what Jesus said. <clears throat> and by the way, if you have your Bibles, uh, you can open with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews is in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 11. And um, chapter 11 comes before chapter 12. Get it? Good, 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 good. I will be using some uh, different scriptures as well, but Hebrews is where um, the heart of the message will be. Jesus said this in John 10.10. 10, it's um, the New American Standard Bible. He said, I came that they might have, say it, life. And might have it how much? Abundantly. I came that they might have life. 
and might have it abundantly. The Amplified Version says, I came that you may have and enjoy life. Everybody say enjoy. enjoy. What does enjoy mean? Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> Somebody decide. Enjoy means to enjoy. What? Life. And have it in abundance to the fullest till it overflows. You know what God says life is meant to be? Life was meant to be enjoyed. Now here's the, um, this morning's message. I'm, I'm going to kind of sum it up in one sentence. You might want to write it down, just a few words. And here it is. Dream and enjoy the dream. Dream and enjoy the dream. You see, God put a spirit of adventure in your life. And for some of you, it might be buried. It might be blocked by some hurts in the past. But the dream is still there. And because God made us, he still wants us to do something with our lives. Now be honest. You might be a believer, but does John 10.10 describe your life? What was your life this past um, year? What is it all? What was your life like this past year? To the fullest? Overflowing in abundance? Living on the edge, grabbing the bull by the horns? Ah, I think most of us <laughs> would say, that was me. My life's more like a, a geritol, you know, tired blood. Yeah. So, I want somebody to ask me this morning, Pastor, how do you live a life like that? Come on, somebody. Okay, okay. I'm glad you're, you're on this track where we're going. How, how do you live life on the edge? How do you learn to really make the rest of your life the best of your life? If, if you're going to dream big, how do you reach your dreams? One word, one word that is the key to all of this. And you want to write this one word down. And that word is faith. Faith. Faith is what makes the difference between living and just existing. In Hebrews chapter 11, um, we know this chapter is uh, God's hall of faith. It's a list of um, people that I would call dream takers, risk takers, those who made their lives count. And this morning, we can learn from three of these guys. There's a whole bunch of them. There's a list there. But Noah is one of my favorite guys. He, he built the first boat. Okay. <laughs> and then there's Abraham. Abraham is an encourager. And then Moses, who was a very strong leader. And from the, their lives, we can draw two um, principles that will make your life. And I guarantee you, it, if you will build your life on these two principles, you will find a new spark a new vitality, a new energy, a new spring in your step. You'll find a new reason to get out of bed every morning. And so, how do we dream bold dreams with a passion to put us all on this dream journey? The first is, and you're not going to want to hear this, but I'm going to tell you this anyway, because this is how you do it. Obey immediately. Now, there's a lot of us that don't want to. That word obey kind of offends us. 
But this is how you do it. Even when I don't understand it, I obey immediately. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. I'm reading out of the Good News uh, translation now. It was by faith, everybody say faith, because that's what we're talking about. Faith that made Noah hear God's warning about the things in the future that he could not see. He obeyed God and built a boat in which he and his family was safe. Now you talk about a bold dream here. How many of you know that it took Noah 110 years to build this boat? Yeah, I would be too old to go fish already. (laughs) Now what if God came to you one day and he said, I don't like the way the world is. It's kind of messy right now. I think I'm just going to start all over. And so he says to you, I'm going to flood the world, and I'm going to start over with just you and your family. And you build a boat, and he says to you, I'm going to bring all the animals two by two. You put them on board, and then you're going to have the ride of your life. That's a dream. Now, how would you handle that? Would you just believe Or would you have some questions and some doubts? Because I think I would. Um, I would have some big questions. God, where in the world am I going to get enough wood to build this boat? And God, you thought about where we're going to put the termites? Questions. But Noah, he didn't complain. He didn't argue with God. Instead, He didn't even delay. The Bible says Noah obeyed God even though he didn't understand it all. He obeyed God and the result of that is that he had the right of his life. Look at the next verse. Verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by getting out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Let me tell you something about Abraham. At that time, he was 75 years old. And God comes to him, and he says, You think you're ready for retirement, brah? I say to you, get ready for the greatest ride in your life. I want you to pack everything, and we're going to move. Now, Abraham didn't complain. He didn't argue. He didn't question. He just went. Even when he didn't understand. The result, the Bible says, Abraham became the father of two great nations, the Jews and the Muslims. And because Isaac and and Ishmael were Abraham's children. And God blessed the world through him. I'm going to tell you about a great ride that I've been on. June 1990. Anybody can think that far back? God said to me, we were in, um, this church was in the boys club in the gym at that time. And he said, I want you to go out into Pune and start a church. Everybody know where Pune is? You know, there was a big write-up about Pune at that time. It was known as the Wild Wild West. They were shooting each other. <laughs> Drugs, everything was going on. People told me, why are you going out into Pune? 
you know, <clears throat> they kill each other out there. And the only thing I could say was, Jesus said, and he wants himself represented in Puna. And so we go out there, and there was a few problems. I've never been a senior pastor of a church. I had no money. That's a big problem. And everyone in Puna remembered me the way I used to be. You know how I used to be? You don't know. <laughs> you don't want to know. And then there was no place to start a new church. Every time we put a sign up on a um, telephone pole, somebody ripped it down. Then we would have telephone calls saying, what? who do you think you are? It was really hard. I would go to places and say, hi, I'm, I'm Alex Pacheco. I'm here to start a new church, and I have no money, and they would laugh. Yeah. And the dream didn't feel like it was a dream. But I'm going to tell you something. Where God guides, God provides. And there's a new church in Pahoa today, and not only that, there's two new churches in Keao, one in Volcano, two more in Hamakua, Two more here in Hilo, and one in Waimea. She, can you kind of see the dream coming into reality? And these churches were started from a simple act of obedience. It started from a dream, and that's how this church was started. My father um, used to live right across the street on the other side, and every day when I would go visit him and I'd look over this side, you know what I saw? Not people. I saw cows. <laughs> this was a pasture. God honors obedience because that is called faith. It's faith when you obey God when you don't understand it. And when it does not make sense, even when it seems to be impossible. You know, there's about a thousand... Uh, 50 commandments in the New Testament. And most of them seem impossible to do. And some of them are very unreasonable, what I think. And some of you may question, why does God ask me to do that? And some of them uh, feel like it can't be done. I'm going to tell you something. Every command in the Bible is for your benefit. And every time there is a command in the Bible where God says to do this, he is testing your faith to see if you're going to trust him or not. He does it for your own good. Look at what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. Some of you got this memorized by heart. Some of you will say this is my favorite uh, verse in the Bible. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11. Let, let's read this together. If you don't have your Bibles, look up on the screen. Ready, go. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now let me tell you something. Because I'm here not only to preach, I'm here to encourage you today. I'm here to bring a word from God that would um, lift you up so that when you walk out of here, you're encouraged to dream your dreams. Somebody say amen. amen. So when you're down, 
Whenever you think things are not going your way, whenever you think somebody poured water on your dream, God is saying, I have plans for you that are good. And every time God tells you to do something, it's a test of your faith. Who am I going to trust? And am, am I going to trust my, my fears or my, or my faith? Am I going to trust God? Or am I going to trust my gut feelings? Am I going to do what God's word says to do? Or am I going to do what I feel right to do? You see, folks, feelings can be wrong. How many of you know that? Yeah, feelings can be wrong. A lot of time God tells you to do something you don't feel like doing. <laughs> God has told me many times, <clears throat> when Bern and I get into an argument, yep, we still do. And he says, shut your mouth. <laughs> you think I like shut my mouth? <laughs> this Portuguese one, lawyer, man, I know what to say. If I only obey God, I would not be sleeping in the doghouse a lot. Mm. And when God says, forgive, forgiveness doesn't always feel right, but it's the right thing to do. Amen? Amen. I know, the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you. They are for good and not evil. They, therefore, hope and a future. See, it's a matter of faith. The point is, if you learn to do whatever God asks you to do without questions, even when you don't understand it, if you can do that, you will experience the greatest right of your life. <laughs> I asked Bernard, has God ever asked you to do anything that you didn't understand, but you did it anyway? And she said, yeah, when he told me to marry you. <laughs> and boy, was she in a right for her life. <laughs> God says, you, you want to live by faith? You want to live an abundant, joyful life? Then obey immediately, even when I don't understand it. And then number two, trust completely even when I don't feel like it. Trust completely even when I don't feel like it. Now here's Moses in verses uh, 24 and 27 of Hebrews. It says, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. We see Moses making some difficult choices in which he chose discomforts over comforts. Now we all know the story. Moses was found in a basket floating in the Nile River. He was raised as an Egyptian 
And when he had grown up and came to maturity, he had to make a decision. What am I? Am I an Egyptian? Or am I, or am I a Jew? To say that I was an Egyptian meant that he would have fame, pleasure, and prestige. You know, that's what we all spend our life looking for. But if he said, I'm a Jew, we would, uh, he would have to go live with the Hebrew slaves in poverty with no guarantee of anything else. And so Moses made a choice. He said, I am going to do the right thing. I'm going to trust God even when I don't feel like it. And he chose to go live with the slaves. And because of that, God had the greatest adventure planned for his life. And he became the greatest leader of all times. Now listen. If Moses made the wrong choice, this is what I think. He would be, in some, he would be an Egyptian mummy stuffed in a museum somewhere that nobody ever heard of. But because he chose to trust God, even when he didn't feel like it, and everyone here knows about Moses, and that is a mark of spiritual maturity. You see, the truth is, I don't always feel like doing the right thing. Anybody caught on to that? I don't always feel like being nice to people. Do you? I don't always feel like putting my wife and my children, their needs ahead of mine. I don't always feel like giving. I don't always feel like doing the right thing, but feelings are highly unreliable. And the world says, base everything you do on feelings. If it feels good, do it. If it doesn't feel, don't do it. But God says, don't base your life on feelings. Base your life on faith. How many of you want to be successful? And I'm, I'm going to pause here because I want to see who wants to be successful. Okay. If the person next to you never raised their hand, slap them right now and tell them, <laughs> lift up your hand. Because we all want to be success, successful. Now, let me give you the key to a successful life. I'm going to repeat this two times so you get it. Successful people simply do things that unsuccessful people are unwilling to do. Successful people simply do things that unsuccessful people are unwilling to do. In other words, they're willing to pay the price. You got to think about this. You know, the Olympic athletes spend hours and hours and hours of training, far more than the average athlete would. Master musicians, they spend time and hours of practice, more than the typical mu musician will. A super salesman in the world are those who just, they go out and they make that extra call and they make that extra effort and that extra time that they spend in there when the the other salesmen just decide to go home and watch TV. I actually didn't put Korean drama here, but I scratch them up. <laughs> now listen carefully. The godly man and woman, they make godly choices because they have chosen 
to pay the price for the disciplines and spiritual habits that produce godliness in their life. That's a choice. Let me tell you something. When you come to church and you get touched by the Lord and you receive him as your Lord and Savior and you go and get baptized, that's not the end. That's just the beginning. Because now you're saying to God, I want to live your way. I want to make choices that you want me to make. Otherwise, you're going to fall back into the slum. And you're going to feel the rest of your life, somebody's pouring water on your dream. Why? You're not following the one that releases the dream. The one that, that will lead you into righteousness. The one that will bless you with an abundant, joyful life. Are you following me? Pastor, I wish I had faith like you're talking about. I wish that I could obey immediately, even when I don't understand it. I wish I had the faith to trust God completely, when, even though I, I don't feel like it. But, but how? How do I, I do it? How do I get there? How do I get more faith? Well, there are two ways God builds faith in our lives. And the first way that he builds faith is through his word. How many of you heard Pastor Sheldon almost talk um, um, too much about reading God's word? Oh, I heard that again. Ooh. But let's do your devotions. Do your devotions. Do your devotions. I'll tell you why. The Bible, as I read the Bible and I study the Bible, as I memorize scripture, God helped me to become more like him. And he builds my faith. Romans 10, 17. <clears throat> Don't worry about whoever's phone is ringing. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you why. That kind of stuff never changes. And I'll tell you why. Because one time I was preaching and um, this phone kept ringing and it was coming from the area where my wife was. And uh, I thought, how come she get her phone on? What's the matter with her? <clears throat> But I leave my phone in the bag, in the bag next to her. It was my phone ringing. <laughs> yeah. And I say that because we all, we all make mistakes, right? Yeah. And um, we can always laugh. See, this is about enjoying life. Enjoying the dream. It's not looking at other people's faults or any kind of stuff like that. It's about, it's okay. It's okay. We're good, Right? Nobody going to get up and walk out. You better not. Lock the doors, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I really want you guys to make sure you enjoy life. And it's all about faith. And Romans 10, 17 says this. Um, wait, I'm, am I jumping the gun here? No. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from what? Hearing the word of God. Acts 20, 32. And now I entrust you to God and his care and to his wonderful words that are able to build your faith. What does spending time in God's word do for you? I'll tell you what. It gives you a different perspective. You just start to see your life different when you begin the day by spending a few minutes with God in his word. <clears throat> getting the viewpoint of how it's going to work in your life. 
God guides your faith through his word. Amen? The second way is through, um, it's through testing it. Now, I don't know about you. I hate tests. I went to school. I hate tests. I used to love go um, hang with Berna in school. But tests? Eh. But Berna was there, so I went. <laughs> through testing it. He tests your faith. First Peter 1 Verses 6 and 7, it says, So be truly glad that there is a wonderful joy ahead, even though the going is rough. How many can relate to that? Going is rough at times. Yeah. But it's just for a while down here. These trials are only to test your faith to see whether or not it's, it's, it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests gold and purifies it, and your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being uh, tried in the test tube of fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day of his return. You see, God tests your faith in many ways, but let me give you quickly four most common that will test your faith. And um, I don't know if it's on your outline, but you might have to write them down. The first is God tests our faith through difficulties. Um, we're all acquired with that one, right? Yeah, problems, pressures, trials, stresses. Anybody get stressed? Yeah. Ever since I retired, man, my stress level went down. <laughs> and then number two, God tests our faith through demands. He asks us to do things that are impossible. You know, in the Bible, like feeding the 5,000. It's hard to understand what God wants out of us sometimes. And then number three, God tests our faith through dollars. He uses giving to test our faith. And number four, God uses delays to test our faith. How many of you are still waiting on God? Yeah. He makes, you know, for uh, many years, many, many years, all my pastoring life. Why? You know, I would have one child um, not doing so well, kind of following away from God. Why, God? Isn't my faithfulness to you enough? And I would pray and pray and pray. And it was like um, um, I was, my knees was getting worn out from praying. But today, I tell you what, all my kids are in church. You know, it, it's not on my timing. It's on God's timing. And sometimes he does the, the delays to test our faith. He makes you wait for your answers. The prayer is that you are praying. Don't give up. He just wants, um, wait, uh, he just waits so that your faith is strengthened. Now the question, and I'm going to close with this so the musicians can come up. Um, are you doing anything in your Christian life that requires you to step out in faith? Are you? The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. How many of you want to please God? Yeah, we all do. Faith is what makes the difference between existing and really living. From going to a life of being bored to death or going to a life of abundant joy. Faith turns life into the greatest ride. Faith turns life into the greatest adventure that you can ever imagine. 
Now, what does God want to say to you today? I told you I wanted to encourage you. Here's what God wants to say to you. Three words. Go for it. That's what God wants to say to you. Go for it. When you know it's the right thing to do, when you know that there is something that you should be doing that God wants you to do, just do it. Go for it. And it will change your life. I want to encourage you to dream big. But enjoy the dream. We don't know what the future holds, but I guarantee you this. I know who holds the future. And it won't be boring. Amen? Now, I'm going to tell you a story because what we're about to do is something very important. As you know, I'm a fisherman and um, uh, retirement. I've been doing a lot of more fishing. It was this past summer, we were out um, uh, outside of the Hawaiian beaches area, a couple of miles out. And I had my grandson and one of my sons with me, and we were, we were catching a lot of fish. And my son went to sleep on, on the fish box. He, he, went, he was in a deep sleep, and I was talking to my grandson, and I said to him, oh, bro, you smell stink. He had all this fish blood all over him and everything. I said, go wash yourself off. And I was driving the boat and I was looking. And the next thing I heard was, Papa! Papa! And I looked back. And there was my grandson, you know, out of the boat. He was washing himself and fell over. And I tell you this story because it's very important. <clears throat> For you to enjoy your dream, you need God. And the Bible says you need to call out to him in order to be saved. My grandson um, called out and I heard him and I slammed on the reverse to get back to him, get him in the boat as quick as I could. My son got up and he yelled at his son, what are you doing? Come here! <laughs> now get this. For those that don't know the Lord, you need to call out to him. And he will save you. He will take you into his arms. And he will grant the desires of your heart. This is what the Bible says. And today, I want you to catch that. That when you walk out these doors, your life will just begin. Every time you walk out these doors, your life begins. Because God loves you. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord. We, we desire, Lord, to obey you obediently like Noah and Abraham did, even when we don't understand. Help us to trust you completely like Moses did, even when we don't feel like it. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if there is someone here today that would just say in your heart, but would say to me as well, I want to call out on the Lord. I need God in my life. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm, I'm going to ask you to respond by just lifting a hand that I might see you. Is there anybody here this morning? Yeah. And just hold your hands up for a while.
just for a moment because I want to pray for you. Lord, you know, when our grandson fell over, I felt like, wow, there was a loss there. I needed to do something. And Lord, there is a response this morning for those that are saying, I want to call out to you, Lord. And I know your response. Your response is open arms. So receive them right now, Lord, as they speak to you. And in your hearts, you can just say a prayer. You don't have to say it out loud, but, but mean it with all your heart. Lord Jesus, I call out to you. And I ask that you save me, that you be my Lord and my Savior, that you help me through my difficult times. I pray today that I would receive this abundant joy that you talk about. I don't understand it all, but neither did Moses or Noah or Abraham. And so, Lord, I I step out in faith and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. You may put your hands down. Lord, we thank you for this great day. We thank you for blessing us. Be with Pastor Sheldon and Heidi as they travel, Lord, and they attend our, our Foursquare Conference. Bring them back filled, Lord, with your spirit and love. And I thank you for all those that are here. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Thanks so much for having us. God bless you.